Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Long jumper up top, no good, and that's the way it ends. The Toronto Raptors have taken home court advantage back. They come to Oakland and win game three, the final. Toronto 1-23. Golden State 109. It can't really worry about any of that stuff, right? Like, every one of these games is critical. And I keep saying we've, we've had a lot of this throughout the playoffs with other teams, guys out. We've had some guys out, etc. And you just, five guys are going to be out there, right? And you, and you can't really worry about that. Each game's critical, and the next one will be as critical as tonight's was. The Raptors take a two games to one lead in the series. They beat the Golden State Warriors 123-109. Gordon, you and I both thought that uh, Toronto was going to win. We both thought that Golden State wouldn't quite have enough firepower with just Steph Curry out there. And we both were, as usual, (laughs) 100% right on the money. We were. And you were even more specifically right in saying that DeMarcus Cousins would not be able to be uh, as useful as some people were either predicting or hoping that he would be. There was no way he would keep that up. Plus, we had to know that the Raptors were going to make adjustments, and boy, did they. Marcus Gasol was yeah. extremely effective against Boogie Cousins, and he was a detriment. What what we didn't expect, I guess the, the one part of that game that really kind of blew me away was the lack of Warriors defense. Well, Clay is so they miss Clay probably more on defense than they did on. Well, offense. it sure looked like it. Yeah. Well, it looked like it on both ends last night. They but, could not get stops. Yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. It was it was bad. At one point, I thought that the Raptors might score 150 points. They shot. What they, they get in the first half? It was something like 50. Was it almost 60 points? 60 points. Yep. And it, I don't know. So. Yeah, that uh, and for the first time in a long, long time, the Warriors are no longer favorites to become NBA champs. In in your mind, or are you talking in, about like Vegas? Vegas? Really? Mm-hmm. That's what. Well, Clay's coming back for sure for game number four. That's happening. We'll see, man. Last night was uh, well; it was absolutely necessary, as you pointed out, for the Raptors, and that had to be devastating to some extent for the Warriors. You know, we were talking with Locke about this yesterday. The heart of a champion, and the Warriors have shown that. But man, they got uh, that that heart was uh, yanked out of the chest last night and kind of thrown to the ground. But we'll see if Clay Thompson can make all that difference again, because now there's got to be some doubt in their minds about what's happening here. Well, here's the thing: everybody, everybody on Toronto played well last night, and yeah. we can say because Golden State's defense was lacking, and it certainly was. Um, there's no doubt about it. But everybody played well. Kyle mm. Lowry was really good. Pascal Siakam was really good. Mark Gasol uh, was really good. Danny Green was awesome. Van Vliet. Is he? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is so underrated. He is a he is a great player. You wonder why Toronto was able to give up on Delon Wright, uh, even though Delon was having a pretty good season himself and actually was really good uh, once he got to Memphis. But Van Vliet, I mean, they don't you know they don't miss him at all. He's a he's a really nice player. How many more games can Toronto have everybody play well? I I don't know, but you're right. It happened last night and every time that you thought that the Warriors might be able to do what they do, mount some sort of run, the Raptors were hitting shots that they uh that that really gave them a boost and maintain that lead. 
And uh, so you're right. I mean, you go down, you, you think of a player, think of a player and ask yourself, did he play well? And I think, uh, I can't think of a Raptor that was really poor. Can you? No, they were all good. Not a single one? Nope. Really well played, and uh, they put the pressure on on Golden State for sure. I don't know if they can do that again what to was, that extent. Remember what I said earlier in the series after the first two games? It looked at times like these two teams were not great teams. Well, the Raptors uh, corrected that problem, yeah. and, and that's what happens when uh, when the Warriors are missing some key components to their magical mix, and uh, the Raptors made them pay just like they had to. And Kyle Lowry was terrific, and that's where they miss Clay Thompson. He's a, he's a great team defensive player. He's really long. He gets into a lot of passing lanes. But he's also the kind of guy where if you don't want Kyle Lowry to get it going, you stick Clay over on him for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then he'll cool off Lowry, and then, you know, Lowry we've seen at times disappear in these playoffs. Well, when he gets it going, you see how important he really is to that team with 23 points and 9 assists was doing whatever he wanted to out there and that takes the pressure off of Kawhi Leonard and then everybody I mean Toronto played loose everybody played yeah. well and had that confidence and when they do that Jake the and with uh, with Clay over on the sideline with no Kevin Durant the only thing left for the Warriors to do is to count on one of their owners to get physical you want to talk about that? Can we talk about Steph Curry real quick and sure. then move on to talk about that? Because I think that will will dominate probably the rest of the discussion. But I, I thought it, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm discouraged because Steph Curry, we were talking about yesterday, Gordon, either Steph Curry has to go nuts or he has to get some help from an unexpected place. You right. know, D- Draymond has to have a career night and, and, and score 30 mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, the bad news is, is that Steph went nuts and they still got smoked. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... If you ever wondered how important Clay Thompson is to the Warriors, last night I'll tell you. Someone told me his value just went up even more. It should. I mean, it, it was obvious what he does for the team when he wasn't out there because Steph was was ter- I mean, in that third quarter, Gordon Steph was unbelievable. Steph was doing, and I really hate this cliche, so I'm saying this half mockingly. <laughs> Steph was doing Steph things, Gordon. <laughs> how was he now? I always wondered well, about that cliche. If if we were to Austin participate real quick here, if we were to say Gordon doing Gordon things, what would we be referring to? Oh, geez, where do we begin with housework, this? Housework, I think. <laughs> comes the first thing no, that comes to mind. I no. would say ducking housework. <laughs> no. Putting the dishes in the dishwasher, making sure all the debris is off of them properly because so they're sparkling clean when they get out of the Telling the same story for the 19th time that afternoon. Okay. One-upping, maybe? One-upping for sure, yeah. that's. I mean, that's just like breathing. What if we, were, <laughs> what if we said me, Jake doing Jake things? Trying to uh, get a story over Gordon, but you never <laughs> succeeded. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Who does more talking on this show, Jake or me? I don't know. One of you had a speed bag as a kid. Yeah. It's, it's pretty even, I'd say at least. I think I do the most talking. You just not, don't hear it. I'm not complaining. <laughs> really? Do you ever hear Austin talk? I never hear him talk. I, I hear it. I'm not complaining. I enjoy my role on the show. Oh. I've got I've got no complaints about that whatsoever. If we said Austin doing Austin things, what would that? Holding grudges. Holding. Go- gossiping. Thank you. Being Gossiping? Uh, being angry about other people. Gossiping. <laughs> being a, a lousy co-worker. 
Wow, too far. I know. Too you far. You're making it so much that way that you, so it's obvious we're that just, I'm kidding. We're just joking around, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> right past Wait a the minute. Line. You know what, Gordon? Enjoy your remaining years. <laughs> too far. Wait, I mean, you do that on You can purpose. say that kind of stuff about Lloyd. You can't say that kind of stuff about Austin. Austin knows that what I was saying was untrue. I don't know you. <laughs> all Lousy right. coworker. Good luck book, booking the guests next week. Well, he's not going to be here next week. Weird. <laughs> it is weird. Another vacation, huh? Uh, I count the days, man. I'm right on target. Believe me, because I know other people count them, too. <laughs> what? Why are you looking at me? Nothing. No, I'm, I'm not just, counting anything. No, I'm Someone's got to count. I'm just looking at you. All right. Uh, let's get to the sideshow of the night. Kyle Lowry goes... Uh, diving into, he covered a couple of rows, diving into the crowd, <laughs> yeah. trying to uh, to save a loose ball. As he was getting up, he was he was shoved. shoved. Is that That's the best word. word? I think so. I think people tend to get a little, you know, he basically punched him. He basically <laughs> took his head off, and it's like oh, getting, a, but shoved. Certainly a an yeah. aggressive and an aggressive gesture. Yes, right. I would agree. And uh, Lowry didn't uh, didn't like that that much. Nor should he. No, I I got to agree there. So we find out this morning, Gordon, that uh, the fan, his name is Mark Stevens, and he's a venture capitalist and part time owner of the Golden State Warriors. That's a little bit of a problem. Minority owner. He uh, he joined the ownership group in 2013 after Vivek Ranadive purchased the Kings and had to give up his share with the Warriors. Then this uh, Mark Stevens swooped in there and grabbed it. So what percentage does he have? Do we I know? don't know. And, in fact, I, I've been looking for that all day today, and I have not been able to find it. Me neither. So if there's but the uh, point is he's, a, he's, he's connected to the club. Right. I mean, there's a reason he was sitting in those seats because he's— <laughs> Part owner of the of the franchise. Well, the Warriors have suspended him for the rest of the finals. They will not allow him to watch any more finals games. And uh, now the NBA has also stepped in and said, uh, on top of that, he's not allowed in any sort of NBA function until the investigation now is complete because mm-hmm. the NBA is going to, to look into it. Mm-hmm. And he picked a really bad time to do this because fan behavior and interaction with players and franchises is a hot-button issue right now. Sure. And the Jazz, you know, certainly experienced that this year with a couple of fans. And as much a part of the story as what the fan was doing was how the NBA and the Jazz themselves reacted to what was going on. Right. And there was a lot of listening to the players. And and um, Adam Silver admitted in an interview the other day that he called jazz players. He had a conversation with the players, uh, specifically jazz players. And, and was pleased with the jazz's reaction. Right. And so this is the spotlight is really on this subject right now. And the Warriors are in a really awkward spot because this isn't just some fan. This, this isn't just Austin Horton who saved up all his money for a front row seat. This is a part owner of the club and somebody with a lot of pull in the community, too, I'm guessing. See, if Austin did it, then that would be a, a big story, too, because of his affiliation with the radio station and the fact you know, uh, talk show host shoves player. I could see that in the headline too. So everybody has to be careful. But even if a regular fan did it, it would be headline news. But you're right. If you're affiliated in some way or you have some role beyond the norm, it is definitely going to be circled. 
And tell me something, Jake. Why is it? I understand sports. I understand fandom and whatnot. But can you imagine this guy being an owner of a different business and being, say, in a board meeting and getting up and shoving somebody because he was angry? It would not be tolerated, yeah. It's – I just – I, I get it. It's one of the magical things about sports that people get emotional about it. But give me a freaking break. I, I wonder about that sometimes when you're sitting in the stand somewhere and someone is yelling things that they, they, in no other circumstance would they yell those things. And in this case, I, I bet the last guy, this guy, last time this guy got in a fight or shoved somebody was probably in elementary school. And here he is out there in front of everybody doing that. I mean, somehow, we you don't want to take the emotion out of the game. It's fun to, to, to have some connection, to get into it and all that. You've got to remember where you are and what it is and what's most important, and it's not this. Well, we have some breaking news, and the NBA has, has just now, actually just a couple of minutes ago, according to The Athletic, uh, handed down a punishment for Mark Stevens. And before I before I read this, I, I do want to bring Austin into the conversation because I heard uh, Austin and Tony today, and Austin wants not only a ban but like vengeance for this guy. Like what, what'd for, you say, for him, I mean, Austin uh, took a very aggressive stance today. I think he should be able to choose being banned forever or allowing Kyle Lowry one free shot. <laughs> so oh, that would be uh, rather aggressive, I would say. You think he really should be banned? Forever, yeah. He's an owner of an NBA team, physically assaulting Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit. But uh, you were advocating he sell his share of the club. I think he ought to be. That. I think he ought to be given a check today and be removed. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you if this. Uh, I want to bring Austin in because I want to know. Yeah. Austin's kind of the the most out for blood. He'll represent <laughs> that that portion of people out there. I want to know if this satisfies you. Okay. Uh According to The Athletic, the NBA and the Warriors announced Warriors investor. I love it how it's gone down from minority owner to, <laughs> oh, investor. Like, oh, he did, he gave us 50 cents once. But anyway, uh, Warriors announced uh, Warriors investor Mark Stevens has been banned from attending NBA games and Warriors team activities for one year and has been fined $500,000 for pushing and directing obscene language toward Kyle Lowry. Austin? Uh, he's worth two point three billion. So you tell me, is he really worth two point three? That's a lot. Uh, I'm satisfied with that. No, nope. I, I think I'm pretty satisfied with it too. I mean, five hundred thousand. Yeah. He, if this is Mark Cuban, what happens? But he's the majority owner. He's yeah. not a minority owner. What's the? He's an owner in the team. Yeah. That but, you were playing against. But he has a lesser role than Mark Cuban. I don't think that would be an equal comparison. I would agree. Okay. You're going to see this happen a lot more then because that's not enough to deter it. But but here's the thing. So what is what is more severe, uh, a, a physical aggressive gesture like we mm-hmm. saw, a shove, mm-hmm. or uh, um, insults from a, a racial standpoint. Oh, I, that's a great question, actually. But I, the rate, the racial stuff, I just, I, I can't abide that at all. I agree. 
So, but but I guess what I'm saying is is to uh, talking to Austin. Let's take the owner out of it entirely for a second. What would happen if he was just a normal fan and did that? Is this less severe than what the fan did here in Salt Lake City? I don't follow. So, if this was a fan that pushed Lowry, yeah, yeah, right, he'd, he'd say, be banned forever. You think? Yes. If he if he, if he physically pushed Kyle Lowry out of the stands, he'd be banned forever. It's not a good look. I understand where you're coming from on it, us, and uh, it's, it's 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 bad behavior. And he also didn't punch Kyle Lowry. I mean, it was I said ag- pushed. It was aggressive, but no, no, no. I know you did. Uh, it was aggressive, but it was not violent necessarily. I mean, is is it all the same? I I no. I I think that uh, hurling a racist slur at somebody reflects a, an attitude. That is absolutely intolerable. Mm-hmm. Not that being physical with anybody is is really tolerable, but if he had punched somebody, then I would have said, yeah, but a push, uh, I'm not sure that's uh, a lifetime ban uh, situation. I, I think they've sent the message, this is tolerable if you can pay the fine. No, because he's he's, uh, he's suspended for a year. Yeah. That's He wants to come to these games. I, I'm sure that's pretty severe for him. Wonder if Lowry thinks it's enough, and I'm sure he'll be asked. I, I'm, this I'm guy sure is going to be in touch if he hasn't already. He's going to be in touch with Kyle Lowry, and he's going to be begging him for his forgiveness. He's going to be apologizing, saying I'm sorry in every which way he can, as he should. But I think he will. I don't know the guy at all, you know. Now, but. apparently, Mark Stevens' uh, verbal assault uh, was not racial, but it was very aggressive. Uh, according to Lowry, uh, Stevens told him, quote, go bleep yourself multiple times. So that's pretty aggressive. Yeah, that's, that's not stupid. racial, but it's, it's, it's pretty aggressive. I, I, think, uh, I think this guy needs someone to sit down and maybe he needs some counseling. I don't know. So I don't know. Are people out there satisfied with that? What do you think, fans? Because you're, you're part of this story. I mean, fan behavior is is what we're talking about here. Uh, do you think if it were just a normal fan, would it be uh, a year ban? No, I think that's a great point, and I think Austin's right. If if a regular fan pushed uh, an NBA player when he fell into the crowd, I think that guy would, would be in big, big trouble. Worse trouble than this. I don't know about the fine part, but certainly the suspension or the partial banning, whatever you want to call it, I think it would be severe. I, I think I, there'd be law enforcement involved, to be truthful. Yeah. Mm, I, think I, it, I don't think we'd go that far because nobody was hurt. I think it's a pretty big step to force somebody to give up interest in a team. I mean, you're really – that's really extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was extreme when they did it to Donald Sterling. And listen, the NBA is a better place for it, for him not being here. But, that, I mean, that was that was extreme – those are extreme measures for the NBA to take to force you to cash in on your uh, an investment. I yeah. don't know if they can go that far. And the guy it sounds like he's two point three billion, probably in pretty good shape, no matter how this turns out. But uh, see, I'd make a lousy law enforcement person. I'd make a lousy lawyer because I I want to bend the rules situationally. I want to. I want to uh, to be lenient, as lenient as I can. The racial stuff, no. 
I don't put up with that. I wouldn't put up with that. I have no say-so in that matter. But I, I find that uh, objectionable in every every which way. But but for someone to lose his temper and do something that uh, needs addressing in a serious way, I, I can I can live with that. But I don't want to see this guy banned from the NBA for life because he did something stupid. I do think... Uh, his attitude would come into play with this. If, if he's still acting like an absolute jerk about the whole thing, then the Warriors need to address that in a major, major way. But I'm satisfied by what the NBA did here. I, I think uh, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of owners or partial owners out there shoving players. But if you do, all they got to do is write a check. And be suspended. I mean, I think that's the worst part of it for him. $500,000, he doesn't care about that. Although a lot of people who are pretty wealthy do care about darn near every penny. But uh, I think being being essentially banned for a year is, is tough on this guy. There's a reason he wants to be – he's a reason he invested in this. He wants to be involved in it. Austin, what if they put him in uh, – what, what do they call those things in – uh, back in uh, medieval stock, England, yeah, stockade, yeah, where they throw the the rotten vegetables yeah, at them. It's the uh, the stocks. Yeah. What if what if he had to do like a week in the stocks? Man, that... mm, does he also get to still be an owner in the team after that and yeah. make a lot of money by yeah, owning an good. NBA team? No, but, but he has to be there. See, he's going to benefit from being an owner of this team. Yeah, he'll he'll sign away five hundred thousand dollars. He won't attend team activities or games for a year, and he'll still make every dime and penny that he would make if he were attending the games. But he'd be publicly humiliated, you know, with all the vegetables being thrown at him while still being an owner of an NBA team. <laughs> all right, Gordon Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN is reporting a trade today in the NBA, and it could have. Uh, ramifications that could affect the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are trading guard Alan Crabb and his $18.5 million contract, one of the worst contracts in the league, <clears throat> to the Atlanta Hawks, clearing the salary cap space to pursue two maximum free agent contracts this summer. Uh, so the Nets send Crabb, the number 17 pick in this year's NBA draft, and a 2020 lottery-protected first-round pick to the Hawks in exchange for uh, Tarion Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. The deal, by the way, can't be officially finalized until July 6th. Man, the Nets getting serious here. Well, and the Hawks are, are picking up two first-round picks. I mean, that's, that's pretty nice. Uh, so you can see what they're doing as I think they have three first-round picks in the upcoming draft, something like that. So the the Hawks are going to continue to be active, I'm sure. So they're going to get a relatively cheap labor if they keep those picks? Package those picks and move up. Maybe they like somebody up. Maybe you trade one of those first-round picks for a first-round pick in a later draft. Mm. Uh, but uh, Atlanta is uh, is – I like what Atlanta's doing, actually. I know that's kind of a side part to this uh, to this story. But I like the way that they're building their team and they're developing young players. And they well, took a, they have a young player who's a whole lot better than I thought he was going to be. You yeah. and me both. And they took a real risk on on Trey Young and doing that uh, the, you know that trade with Dallas. And they he turned out to be a pretty darn good he player did. in he his did. rookie year. So I I actually like what Atlanta's doing. So Brooklyn basically is now clearing that space for two max players. So Kyrie Irving, of course, has been the the one in the news. Uh, there's mutual interest there, according to multiple reports. But then, what do they do with max slot number two? Because the D'Angelo Russell is a restricted free agent. So they're actually in a really good position where they can put him on the back burner 
and see if somebody else wants to come play with Kyrie Irving. And if they don't, then they've got D'Angelo Russell as kind of a, a backup plan. So they're actually in a pretty good spot there. But they don't there, want but both. Why not? Do they? Why wouldn't they? They're both kind of combo guards. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Seems Kyrie... like you might be able to utilize, yeah, in this day and age, yeah, I guess. I was just thinking that they might be able to utilize that money in a way that would be more diversified for them. A more a better complementary piece to Kyrie Irving, if yeah. that's indeed what they do. And so, you know, Kevin Durant has been rumored linked to Kyrie Irving, but that was when people were talking about the Knicks. Yeah. saw a report the other day that, uh, that Durant doesn't really have any interest in playing for the Nets. But all that, you know, could change, especially since we're talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> in other words, everything changes every day. I don't know. I don't know. But the Jazz the other day, reported by The Athletic, were one of the teams that were interested in, in D'Angelo Russell. And he and Donovan Mitchell are, are close buddies. And that is not coincidental. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the reason he's his friend, but I think those two things are connected but this the Jazz's interest and Donovan's friendship. This is just furthering the reason why I, I think it's going to be a long shot uh, for the Jazz to to get somebody in free agency because so many things have to happen uh, for for that option to be open to D'Angelo Russell. But but look, the Brooklyn's going to have two max slots. New York, the Knicks going to have two max slots. Uh, and the Nets don't want to take a back seat to the Knicks. Oh, I'm sure they don't. The Lakers have two max slots. The Clippers could have two. I mean, we're seeing these these big free agent destinations have room to sign these big name free agents. <laughs> yeah. And so, what trickles down to to a club like the Jazz? I, I thought what Locke brought up on our show yesterday was extremely interesting. That that if they can't land an All Star, they might have to do some work with two players that they feel has potential or would be good fits, and not necessarily those splashy names that we've talked about so much. Right. Well, I think you find the best fit no matter what the situation is. Uh, There's no way Dennis Lindsay is ever going to be involved in a deal that he thinks is uh, no deeper than a name. Oh, I I agree. But, I mean, we're talking about all-star level players like Tobias Harris or D'Angelo Russell or Kimba Walker. And that, that might not be in the cards for the Jazz. Well, that's why we're all sitting around waiting to see what's going to happen. It's uh, I don't know what their capabilities are. I don't know what the attitude of these players uh, is, if it is a collective one. Uh, what I mean, does Tobias Harris, is his interest in the Jazz as real as some people seem to be suggesting it is? Does, is his admiration for Quinn Snyder as uh, comprehensive as... Uh, as it seems. Well, I think maybe what you need to be asking is how much is that worth to Tobias Harris? Yeah. yeah. Because he'd have to leave money on the table, in theory, if if he if left Philadelphia, if the Sixers offer him what they're capable of offering him. I mean, he would have to say no thanks to tens of millions of dollars. So, yeah, but I mean, then he that's could, where maybe not necessarily be driven by greed could could be a positive for the Jazz. Yeah. I know you're a big advocate of greed. 
<laughs> yet a long shot. I mean, <laughs> really a long. I mean, so, Quinn Snyder could Quinn Snyder could be Tobias's second father. But are you going to leave? <laughs> you know, are you going to leave forty million dollars on the table? Love you. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and set my family up for generations, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll lobby a call around the holidays. Have yeah, a good but one. something tells me you won't be hurting for cash no matter what. But let's go back to the launching point for all this, and you brought this up yesterday, Jake. What about Derek Favors? What do you, what, what do you turn your back on that with, with the thought in mind that, yeah, there's going to be a... a couple of deals made that are substantial i think we might know the answer to that on draft night if they make a deal and they bring in say a mike conley or something like that on draft night well then Derek favors is is going to hit the open market now free agency when that begins that window is so short because they have to make a decision on Derek by july 5th so you know we might not see the free agent waterfall before then. And so then do the Jazz just say goodbye to Derek Favors and keep that flexibility open, no. or do they do do they lock him in? So that's a that's, that's a really it's big all part decision. Of the intrigue. If they make a draft day trade or a draft night trade though, I think that we'll have a pretty good indication of whether he's staying or going. Stay tuned. It is the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.